So those of you who aren't normally in the sanctuary at this time, you're not in this room, you're in other rooms around the building, you might wonder what's been happening up here all summer. And so I want to tell you what we've been doing all summer up here. Uh, in fact, what we've been doing this summer is we've been learning about a book in the Bible called First John. And this is what we've said. We've said that John shares with the new Christians in his letter, new believers, because Jesus had just come. In fact, John is one of the people that was one of Jesus' disciples and got to walk with him on this earth. And John, he writes this letter to tell the believers, he says right at the beginning, I want to tell you what I saw and heard when I was with Jesus. And he reminds Christians that Jesus came down to this earth and he said the idea that Jesus came down to this earth, it's kind of like an umbrella, that God is love and that God is light. And he said, if you'll hold on to this, no matter what you go through in this world, that will protect you. And that's what we've been talking about on Sunday mornings. Now, we're going to talk about 1 John a little bit more. And I just want to know, from those of you like 8th grade and less, how many of you enjoy Starburst? Show of hands. Anyone enjoy Starburst? All right, I see some of you older than 8th grade also enjoy Starburst. You're in on this, all right? Carmelina's all in on this. Now, here's the deal. At some point this morning, over the next few minutes, I am going to mention a word that John uses eight times in his book. And I'm going to mention a phrase that John uses five times in his book. Now, here's the deal. If after church, you can come up to me and you can tell me the word that John uses eight times in his letter, you get a starburst. If you can tell me the phrase that John uses five times in his book, you get a starburst. If you can tell me both the word and the phrase, you get three starbursts. All right? All right? So we are not above bribing you to listen this morning. So we're going to talk about uh, John and something that John says. In fact, John uses a word in his book, and he uses it eight times throughout his book. It's a really short book. It's just a few chapters. It's probably just a couple pages in your Bible. In my Bible, it's just two and a half pages. Really short book. And yet he uses one word eight times throughout the book. And I think if you write such a short letter and you choose to use the same word over and over, we ought to pay attention to it. Now, this is a word that someone actually in the congregation kept bringing my mind to over the last few weeks, and I'm glad that they did, because I think that this, in the, in the last time that we have the chance to talk about 1 John, is our opportunity to talk about this word. In fact, the person who brought that up is Steve Casey, who's right there. Steve, raise your hand real quick. He didn't know I was going to call him about. Everybody say, hello, Steve. All right, here we go. A big part of what we're doing together is being a community. So we're going to talk about this word in just a second. But before we get there, this is what I'd like for you to do. I'm going to ask you in a couple of minutes, everybody, kids, adults, to stand up. And then I'm going to ask you to get into groups of like five or six people. Don't worry. Don't, don't, don't get really upset at me yet. I'm going to ask you to get into little groups of people. Just turn around in your rows, all right? And then I'm going to ask you to say hi to each other, to let people know your name, and to answer one quick question, okay? 
So everybody all together, would you stand up with me? Stand up with me. Please turn around. Try to find someone that you don't really know that well, all right? Some of you, your families take up three rows. Try to find a couple people you don't know very well, like group six, six people, seven people. Here, right here, Sylvia. Justin, can Sylvia join you guys? All right. So after, you, after you're in your group, say hi to each other, share your names, just stay there for a second. Everyone hang out. All right. Now here is your question, all right? And I want, I want the kids to answer this question, and I want the grown-ups to answer this question, okay? You ask this question to each other in your groups. Stay in your groups and ask each other this question. Kids answer, grown-ups answer. The question is this. You ask each other, why did you come to church today? And you can be honest. You can say, I don't know. Someone drugged me here. I don't know. Whatever you want. My parents made me come. Ask each other, why are you here this morning? Why did you come to church? Good group. Do I lean? All right. All right. Once you've shared, you can go ahead and grab your seat. And as you grab your seat, I need... I need one volunteer, I need someone that, I need one volunteer, like, you know, someone in that, anyone in that fourth, fifth grade, third grade, who's willing to volunteer? Noah, you ready? All right, Noah, come on up. Everyone's, everyone welcome Noah as he comes up. Thank you, Noah. Come stand right up here with me. I like your shoes. Those are nice shoes. All right, so here we go, Noah. I'm going to teach you. You're a smart guy, right? Yeah, I thought so. I'm going to teach you something today. All right? You and me. We're going to learn something. So I'm going to take one of these, and you're going to take one of these. All right? And this is what I want to teach you. We're going to start with step one. Step one is all you need to do. You play sports? Uh, I play basketball. You play basketball. Perfect. This is going to be super easy. So I would like you to take this beanbag here and just toss it from one hand to the other. There you go. All right, let's do it a couple more times. A couple more times, excellent. Noah, Joseph, ladies and gentlemen. All right, now here's what we're gonna do. All right. Now we're just gonna, real easy, real easy, we're just gonna go one, two, all right? One, two, that's it. Just, it's like a cross, a cross. That's it. Just across, across. All right? You got it. There you go. See? I knew you could do it. I knew you had this. All right. Here we go. Now, it's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. 
you just go across, across, across. Same exact thing, right? It's just across, 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 okay? All right, you go. Go. Do it, Noah. There you go. Keep going. No, you got it. You got it. Keep it over the top. Come on, buddy. Keep going. You got it. Right? Columns. You got it. Let's do it. All right, Noah, everybody. Now, let me ask you a question. How come you couldn't do it? I taught you. I taught you how to do it. Why couldn't you do it? Because I'm pretty bad at juggling. Because you're bad at juggling. But I bet you could do it. I bet you could do it. I, there's no doubt in my mind that you could learn to do this. You're more coordinated than I am. You could learn to do this. What would you have to do to get from where you are right now to be able to juggle? You'd have to practice, right? It's exactly right. You'd have to practice for a month. I'll tell you the secret. This is my secret. Don't have a lot of friends in middle school and spend your time doing this. That's the secret, all right? And if you think it's going to make you friends, it won't, all right? Thank you, Noah. Thank you. All right. Eight times in his book, John uses the word practice, the Greek word for practice. And he says this, he says, as Christians, if you're a follower of Jesus, you should practice doing righteousness, or you should practice doing what God says to do. And you shouldn't practice doing the opposite of that, which is sin. And he says that over and over again. He says, you should practice doing what is right, and do not practice doing what is wrong. He says that eight times in his book, that word practice. Five times in his book, he uses a phrase, something that we should practice as Christians. And five times throughout the book, he uses the phrase, love one another. And one of the things that John says in his tiny little letter, and he says it over and over to the church, to you and to me, he says, you should practice what God says to do. And one of the big things that God says to do is to love one another. And one of the interesting things that John's really focused on is he's not focused on loving everybody in the world, although you should do that. In John's letter, he's talking about the church loving the other people in the church. So I have a question. Did anybody in their group say, I came to church today to practice loving my brothers and sisters in Christ? Anyone say that? No? John says that's why we gather. John says the reason you are here, one of the reasons you're here, is to show love to one another. And John says throughout his book, that you are to practice loving one another just as God has practiced loving you. And this is what he says. Let me say this quickly. He says that God practiced loving you through his son, Jesus Christ. In fact, in 1 John 3.16, he says this. He says, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. John said that 
Jesus died for you. How many of you, how many of you, if you're in elementary school, how many of you know that Jesus died for you? Let me see. Show of hands. Show of hands. You know this, right? God's saying that Jesus, you know, John's saying that God sent his son, Jesus, to die for you. And just like he laid his life down for us, we ought to lay down our lives for each other. So it's not just that God has done this for us, but God, Jesus, when he was on this earth, he told us to practice loving one another. When Jesus had his last meal with his disciples, and John, the author of this book, would have been there. When Jesus had his last meal with his disciples, he did something amazing. He came into the room, and he did the the, the dirtiest, lowest job that there was. He got down on his hands and knees and he washed his disciples' feet. I don't know that I'd want to wash any of your feet if you were walking around in sandals all day through Boston, through the dusty, dry roads of the area in which they were of Jerusalem. It was an amazing display of love that the Savior of the world would wash his disciples' feet. By the way, Judas Iscariot, who would betray Jesus, is in that group. And Jesus washes his feet. And then he says to his disciples in John 13, and John, the author of this book, is sitting there listening to Jesus say this. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And so John, when he's writing this letter to the church, he says this. And this is the commandment we have from Jesus. I've heard this. That whoever loves God also must love his brother and sister in Christ. Everybody say this with me. Say, love one another. Love. Say it one more time. Love one another. So where do we get the power to do that? Because I got to tell you, it's not that easy to love other people all the time, is it? Sometimes you come in on a Sunday morning and you're tired. It's been a long night. It's been a long week. And the idea of coming and showing love to each other is not that easy. People are different than you. People don't have the same background that you do. People have different preferences and personalities, and yet we are brothers and sisters in Christ. So how do we show love to one another? John makes it clear. If you want to have strength to practice loving each other, that strength comes from God. And John says it this way. He says, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. In the time that we have left together this morning, I want to practice showing love to each other. And so this is what I'm going to ask you, us to do. There's three ways that I think we can show love for each other as the church in a very practical way. John says to these early Christians, he says, you know, the people around you are trying to figure this out. The people in the first century world, they're trying to figure out how to love each other. And if you can love each other the way that God has loved you, it will, be, it will be a light to them. They will be attracted to God because of the way you love each other. And the same thing is true today, 2,000 years later. So how do we show love to each other? One is we have to know each other. 
And I hope already this morning you, knew, you got to know someone you didn't know walking into the room. Another way to get to know each other is to pray for each other. We're going to do that in a minute. And a final way to get to know each other is to eat together. And we're going to break bread together as well. All their children are going back to school. And some parents are very happy about this. Some of you started last week. Some of you in the room are starting uh, in the next couple of days. But here's the thing. If you are between preschool, daycare age, and through eighth grade, I would like for you to go ahead and stand up. And I'm going to ask you, if you would, to just come. Stand right up here. All right? And I'm going to invite Dan Rakich, one of our elders. He's going to come up front here. And I didn't plan this, Garris, but can Dan use Carmelina's mic? Go ahead. If you're starting school, you started school last week or you're starting school this week. We want to pray for you this morning. Are you starting daycare? Listen, look at, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me real quick, real quick. I want you to know something. This is not your parents' church or your grandparents' church or whoever brought you this morning. It's not your mom's church. It's not your dad's church. It's not your grandma's church. not your grandpa's church. This is your church. This is your church. And we are so glad that you're here. And because you're part of the family, going back to school is a big deal. There's a lot that you face, right? There's teachers, work, other students. And so we want to pray for you. Because I know this. I don't know all of you. But I know this. God loves you. And he has a pretty great plan for your life. And so we want to pray that as you go back into school, that God works in your heart and uses you in great ways. So can we pray for you guys? And would you, I mean, if you feel comfortable, would you be willing just to stretch out a hand towards these students as they head back? And Dan uh, Rakich, one of our elders here at Mount Hope, is going to pray for them. Church, would you pray with me? God, we just pause for a moment to bring these students, these elementary students, before you. You created them. You are God, their father, God. As they enter school this week or in a, in a couple days, God, I pray that you walk with them, that they would know your Holy Spirit is with them, God. As they invite you into each part of their classroom, God, I would pray that they first identify as a child of God, that you created them, that you love them, and there is nothing There is nothing in the world that can separate them from you. God, I pray as they study that they would do it unto you. That as they make friendships, God, and learn who they are in this world, that first it would be that they are yours, that they belong to you. And as they learn about the world you created in science and math, and social studies and everything they learned, that it would bring all to their hearts, that they would know that the creator of the universe put these things in place. And that also speaks to who they are and who you are in being their heavenly father, God. I commit them all in each individually into your hands, God. 
the world will try to tell them who they are and who you are, God. I pray that your voice through your Holy Spirit would be stronger and be present and give them the courage to follow you in the day-to-day of each an individual part of school and relationships. God, so we commit these things into your hands knowing that we can't do that as your church. We can be beside them, but only you can do that, God. Please reveal yourself to them as their, their heavenly father and protect them through this school year. Not just these students, but all the students at Mount Hope Christian School and all the students within 100 miles of here, God. Each one of them was created by you and you love them more than they could ever imagine, God. Commit these things into your hands in the holy, blessed name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You guys can go ahead and head back to your seats. We're going to be praying for you this year. We're excited to see all that God does. There are other students in the room that are headed back to school here in the next couple of days. Uh, if you haven't headed back already, and I'm going to invite Justin Joseph, one of our teaching pastors here at Mount Hope to come and pray. If you are heading into college classes or you're in grad school or you're continuing education, you're about to start, would you just stand right where you are? I know that in high school, so high school, college, grad school, would you just stand right where you are? Awesome. Justin is allegedly a professor at a local university. That's what he tells us. We can't verify it. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to ask, uh, I've asked Justin if he'd pray for you. Some of you are walking into high school. Listen, you're walking into public high school. It's a tough place to be a Christian. It's a tough place to stand for Christ. You're walking onto a university campus, it's a tough place to stand for Christ. But God's going to give you everything you need to do what he's asking you to do. And some of you are walking into grad schools where it's a tough place to do what God has called you to do. God's going to give you everything you need to accomplish what he's asked you to do. And we trust that. Justin, would you pray for us? Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning and we recognize, God, that you send us. And God, wherever we go, we are sent by you. And Lord, I pray for every one of our high school and college students right now, God, that your blessings would go with them this coming year. And God, as they look ahead, they see all the stress and all the things they have to accomplish when they see their projects and their papers and their exams that are coming up. God, they can feel so overwhelmed. But God, I pray that even right now that you would just relieve them of that knowing that they are sent by you, Lord God. Lord, I pray that on every campus and every high school that they are at, God, I pray that you would bless them. Grant them supernatural wisdom and favor with those around them, Lord God. I pray that you'd give them influence among their friends and their peers, Lord God. I pray that you would never let them forget the purpose that you've placed them with, Lord. I pray, God, that every day when they feel overwhelmed by all that's going on around them, that you would remind them, Holy Spirit, that you'd work in them in such a powerful way, Lord. God, I pray for supernatural wisdom and favor, and I pray, God, that you'd bless them with great friendships. I pray that you'd give them strength during the difficult times and the wisdom to face adversity, Lord God, bless them abundantly. God, I pray that when this school year is done, they would not only look back and see their academic success, but they would see the spiritual growth that they experienced because of what you did in their lives this year, Lord. Bless them, Lord Jesus. 
God, make them uh, favorable in their, in their places that they are, Lord God. Just as you bless Daniel and his friends, I pray that you bless them where they go. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we bless them and send them just as you have sent them, Lord God. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Justin. So one more, one more group, one more group that's among us that we're going to pray for today. And that is the teachers among us. And so if you're a teacher, I know we have a few scattered around here. Would you be willing to stand? And we want to pray for you. Melissa and Amy, Dana, Linnea, Dr. Park. We're going to pray that God leads you and guides you this year in all that you do. And you know what? I hadn't, I hadn't thought of this before. So if it doesn't work out, that's all right. But is there a student here that would be willing to come and pray for the teachers? I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Ethan, you willing to do it, buddy? All right, come on up. Would you pray for these teachers that God would give them strength this year as they lead? Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you might bless these teachers today, that they might be able to teach whatever they're teaching, whether it be in your ministry or in some sort of class, that it might be taught well. I pray, Lord God, that all these students that are being taught by them, they'd learn so much from them. I pray that you could bless these teachers and that you might allow them to have such a wonderful year giving this knowledge to all these students. In your heavenly, heavenly name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ethan. Great job. I know there's other prayer needs in the room. It's one of the ways we're the community and we love each other. So we pray for each other. Who can you be praying for this week? I mean, in the room, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you know one another well enough to pray for each other? Like, I, we submit prayer requests to the pastoral staff, and as the staff, we love praying for you. Please don't stop submitting requests. We love praying for you and hearing God, how God's moving. But do we as a body know each other well enough that we're praying for each other throughout the week? Jesus, when he was on this earth, gave us a way to gather in community and to know that we are loved by God and that we love one another. And we're going to partake in communion together. It's the last thing we'll do together today. Partake in communion together. We're going to eat together. And parents, you can make a choice if you feel like your child is ready to participate. We'll leave that up to you. But in just a moment, a couple of ushers will pass these plates down the rows. And here's what I would like for you to do. When you receive the, the, the communion plate, whoever hands you the communion plate is going to say to you, you are loved. Because that's true. Whether or not you call yourself a Christian, whether or not you choose to follow Jesus Christ with your life, God loves you. So do we. When you pass the plate to the person next to you, I would just ask you to hand them the plate and say to them, you are loved. Right? So we'll pass these along. And if you would like to partake in communion, 
you're welcome to do that with us. Or you can simply let the plate pass you by. So I'm going to invite Justin and Dan, if they would come back up. And we're going to pass out these elements. I'll ask you to hold them. And just, and in just a moment, we'll partake of communion together. I should have said too, there was a communion tray up in the balcony. Did you guys all get the elements? All right, thank you. No, we're good. I know it might have been a little awkward to say to one another, you are loved as you pass the communion trays. But I had to say it to my father-in-law, so it got awkward for me too, all right? Just the way it panned out. love too, Dan. You can go ahead and tear that paper off on the side that has the bread. Can we go back on the slides, Rebecca, to that first John chapter 3, verse 16? It's the first Bible verse in these slides. You want to know what love is? Our world has all sorts of definitions for love. But this is God's definition. God's definition of love is the willingness to lay down one's life for someone else. And he demonstrated that through Jesus Christ, who came down to this earth, took the punishment that we deserved for the sin we've committed on himself, and laid down his life for us and rose again, showing that he has power over sin and death, so that you and I, if we trust in him, might have life to the full here and now, and life eternal in and through him. And during that last meal with his disciples, the one where he washed his disciples' feet, he took bread from the table and he broke it. And he said, this is my body given for you. Let's partake 
and the bread together. And then he took a cup from the table. And he said to his disciples, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the cup together. God, we thank you for the love that you have shown us through your son. God, we thank you for the gift of life that comes through knowing Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray by your spirit that the love that we have experienced, we will give to others. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite the worship team to come back up as we prepare to close this morning. And as we do, I want to remind you that there's this new command that Jesus gave us. He said, as I have loved you, you are to love one another. Now, here's my last question for you. Here's my last question before we're done. You know how when you go to class, they give you a grade, right? They test you and they want to know how you've done. If Jesus has given us this command, just as I have loved you, so you have loved one another. What's the question he's going to ask us when we see him face to face? So often we evaluate other people, other Christians, by how good they are at showing love to me. I walk into a church and I look around and I say, do these people show love to me? Are these people loving people? And that's how we evaluate each other. But it doesn't sound like that's how Jesus is looking at us. That Jesus is not going to say, Hey, while you were down there, I needed you to help me out. How did all those other Christians do in loving each other? Just on your perspective, how did they do? He's going to look at you and he's going to look at me. And he's going to say, how did you do carrying out that commandment? I mean, even when you didn't feel loved by your brothers and sisters in Christ, did you show them the love that I showed you? Did you practice righteousness, practice being like me? That even when you weren't perfect, I died for you and showed love to you. And how do we do that? We can get to know each other, we can pray with each other, and break bread together. So who is it? Who is it in the room that this week you can get to know, you can pray for, and you can grab coffee with, or a meal with, and show love to one another? I'm going to invite you, if you would, to stand. And we're going to sing this one final song together as we close out our service today.